The Golden State Warriors won a pivotal game tonight, and they remain in control of their destiny for the postseason. Kylan Mills and I, and I are going to break down a huge victory of the Sacramento Kings on the road. Their 10th road victory of the season was accomplished tonight on April 7th. We're breaking that down next. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. You can follow Kylan Mills on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, at Kylan Mills. Super easy. It's just her name. And you can follow me, Cyrus Sotsas, on Twitter at DogSurfRocho. Kylan, it was a huge game coming in. It lost some of its luster uh, early on because the Kings learned that they had no chance of getting the, the second seed because the Grizzlies won uh, earlier today, beating the Milwaukee Bucks. So the Grizzlies have the two seed. The Kings have the third seed. They bench most of their players. Regardless, it was still vitally important. Regardless, you knew the Kings reserves were going to come out and play, but the Golden State Warriors hang on. They win their 10th road game of the season. They remain in complete control of their destiny. Currently now the five seed, although in likelihood they'll fall to six if they win out on Sunday. One, 1997, the win. Kylan, it is great to see you. And uh, how are you doing and your reaction to a pivotal victory for the defending world champions? Good to see you as well, Cy. I am delirious. I've been up since 5 o'clock this morning. So Ooh. just full disclosure to everyone hanging out with us tonight, I'm calling the Pac-12 Beach Volleyball Tournament, and the first match is at 5 a.m. I have to be there around 6.30. So just got to get that out of the way. So whatever I look like and sound like during this episode, and if I make no sense, it's not my fault. I am not a morning person. <laughs> uh, but in terms of the game, so this was a big win. This was a must-win for the Warriors as they're looking to secure – the playoff seating that will allow them to avoid the play, and they're looking to secure that six seed. That being said, this was a bit of a letdown for me personally. I know a win is a win, and at this point in the season where the Warriors have hung around 500, it's hard to say that you're not happy with any victory, especially considering this was one on the road, the 10th road win of the year for the Warriors. But with the Kings starters and so many of their stars out, the Warriors really should have had this more handily. They let the Kings hang around for way too long, in my opinion. 24 turnovers is a major area for concern. Steve Kerr just said in the postseason, we've got to play better in the postseason. In the postgame, he said, we've got to play better in the postseason. Um, he said, if we make the playoffs, which Kerr still used the term if, because that is not 100% determined. He said, if we make the playoffs, avoid the play-in or win in the play-in and advance the playoffs, we have to play better in order to win series against playoff caliber teams. We cannot be so careless with the basketball as they were tonight. And I agree with that assessment. They've got to try to clean up the turnovers. They're able to take the win against a very, very shorthanded Kings team. But still, looking ahead at tougher competition down the road and needing to really ramp up ahead of the postseason, they've got to clean that area up. Bright spot for me, Kevon Looney. Can't talk enough about the guy. Uh, I'll send it back to you and get your thoughts. But Kevon Looney, once again outstanding, one game away from securing his second straight season of playing in every single consecutive game. He has the second longest consecutive games played streak in the NBA amongst active players. He came up huge with 16 boards. I think one area where the Kings were able to find success was in the paint. 
Looney was huge. He also had two steals, seven assists, so just really efficient numbers. While he doesn't score a lot, he does a lot of the other things that the Warriors need outside of scoring. Loon, I thought, was absolutely critical tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And for anyone who's saying that they beat the Kings role players, uh, which is what they faced, true, but... Look, a win is a win. They're still NBA players. Uh, the pressure was entirely on Golden State tonight. Um, they knew full well how important this game was. The Lakers won their game against the Suns, uh, which made it all the more important for the Warriors to pull this game off. And right now, the Warriors are the five seed. And most importantly, the Warriors still control their destiny in terms of avoiding the play-in, which gives them a whole week off next week. It allows Wiggins to continue to ramp up. Uh, by the way, a weird thing about Wiggins, uh, and I haven't really seen this reported. Um, I had an inside source tell me that even though Steve Kerr said in a press conference that Wiggins was working out, Wiggins was staying in shape. Um, no, he was not. The reason why Wiggins did not play tonight, the reason why Wiggins is not playing Sunday in Portland is because he was not in shape. Uh, they're ramping him up right now. He was listed on the injury report. Uh, I forgot what the verbiage was, but it was like conditioning for something. Uh, it was a weird one. Do you remember? I can't remember. I don't know if you remember what it said. I don't said. remember what the exact verbiage was, but it did. It mentioned conditioning or, or something like that. And, yeah. and that's the story the Warriors have been telling is that he still has to, you know, get back in basketball game shape. Yeah, he's not in shape at all. He is not in shape. He's getting there. You know, for the people that commented that he looked like he lost some weight, he looked skinny. Yeah, there's a good reason for that. He was basically not playing consistently or not working out the way an NBA player should be working out for nearly two months. Um, so hopefully he'll be back this, the extra week of not dealing with the playing tournament would, would strongly help and assist in that process. Um, but regarding tonight's game, I feel like it was a tale of the inefficient and the efficient. And I guess this shirt that I'm wearing right now is where we'll start with because the warriors in the second quarter, uh, they had a 16 point lead that lead dropped to five when they went into the half. And a huge reason for that was Jordan Poole. Um, who struggled tonight. And now he granted the turnover number was not high. Draymond Green was and Stephen Curry were largely responsible for that. They each had five turnovers tonight, which is ugly, but they also uh were absolutely staggering when it comes to the plus minus. There were easy there were there were huge reasons why the Warriors won this game. So even though they had the five turnovers, look, they're they are the leaders of this team. The other reason why they are great, uh, but Jordan Poole uh was <laughs> dude, these numbers are, are incredible. 0 for 10 from the field that included 0 for 6 from beyond the arc. And the only reason why he scored eight points tonight is because he was eight of nine from the free throw line. Um, added the five assists, the three rebounds, but 0 for 10 shooting. That is, that's just staggering. And then the other side of that coin, though, in terms of efficiency, is Gary Payne the second and Jonathan Kaminga. Both those players went four for five from the field. Uh, Gary Payne the second was two for three from beyond the arc. Kaminga was a perfect two for two. Uh, from beyond the arc, Kaminga finished with 15 points on just five shoot, uh, shot attempts. Uh, Gary Payne the second had uh, 10 points on just five shot attempts. Um, but Gary Payne the second, I thought defensively, especially, was huge because um, the Kings, went, like Trey Lyles, for example, was a pest. And in, in the second quarter, he I felt like he was making every shot imaginable. Um, so when Gary Payne the second came in, things calmed down. Kaminga was giving them the points he definitely uh, needed. And then, as you mentioned, Kavon Looney. Uh, 16 rebounds in tonight's game. Uh, five of those offensive at a 6.7 rebounds. Um, so, I mean, that that was the, the picture in a nutshell. Uh, you you had, again, Gary Payne II was vitally important in, in, from what I saw just because of how, how 
efficient and how dominant he is defensively. I mean, he he, he gets really opportune blocks. Um, he gets steals. Uh, I mean, like tonight, for example, uh, he had uh, two blocks. I'm trying to see if he would have steal numbers. He didn't have any steals tonight. But I remember the two blocks were against much bigger players. I think one of them uh, was done on Richard Holmes uh, or, or Rashawn Holmes. Um, so kudos to Gary Payne II. Kudos to Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, and then Jordan Poole, I don't know what to make of his performance. What, what did you think about Poole? Because that 0 for 10 number is just bizarre. It's weird. I don't know, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, it, it was just crazy. Um, this is the worst we've seen Jordan Poole shoot in his career as a warrior, I want to say. I'm trying to think back to, you know, some rough patches he had during his rookie year and then even in his second campaign. But, I mean, it was just bizarre. Now, when you're not hitting, and especially he was cold from beyond the arc as well, 0 for 6, he needs to drive to the basket. And he did do a good job of drawing a couple fouls. He got to the line eight, nine times, rather, hit eight free throws. So I think that was a positive sign of some growth. Also, you know, in terms of turnovers, I know you mentioned it being a huge problem. Uh, I hate to say this, but two turnovers for Jordan Poole is actually a good number, well below his average, which is over three turnovers per game. So um, in general, that wasn't a bad stat line. He had five assists, three rebounds. Um, it just, the shooting was off. And now Jordan Poole is a player who we talk about at times, forces the game, takes bad shots. Uh, I mean, his misses tonight weren't all bad shots. I just don't think he couldn't hit anything. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I just feel like Jordan Poole has in general been a little bit consistent, inconsistent this season in terms of shooting. Um, but I don't think his overall performance was bad in this game. Mm -hmm. Like I said, you look at some of the other numbers, he did connect a couple of nice passes. He didn't turn the ball over as much as he usually does. Like he just couldn't shoot. So mm -hmm. that was just kind of bizarre, but you've got to assume that's not going to continue and that he will bounce back. I expect him to have a good game because, you know, it's very rare that you'd shoot like that two nights in a row. Absolutely. When we come back, I'm going to play some sound from uh, Steve Kerr uh, talking about uh, his assessment um, of tonight's game. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this. He wasn't super happy. And I think those turnovers were huge. Yeah. That again, the Golden State Warriors finished this game with 24 turnovers and they were lucky, lucky that the Sacramento Kings only scored 17 points off those 24 turnovers. It could have been a lot worse and the game could have been a lot closer, uh, but they did pull it off. Uh, and Kylan, I'm going to put some pressure on you here. I'm going I'm to need some help from you because uh, let me get the overlay. In fact, and you'll understand what I mean when I pull out this overlay uh, for our sponsor, Nissan. Um, and so Nissan's uh, most electric player of the week is who I'm going to put the spotlight on you for Kylan is brought to you by the all new all electric 2023 Nissan Aria Kylan, who is the Nissan Player of the Week? I'm going to let you decide this one if that's okay. I'm going to go with Jonathan Kaminga. Mm. Um, Jonathan Kaminga had another huge night off the bench. I mentioned it the other night. I think that he is a key spark plug who can really, really, you know, emerge off the bench and provide a major spark coming in the second unit. Tonight, he finished with 15 points. Uh, you know, he hit a pair of threes early in the game that were pretty big. He went four for five. Um, also had a rebound and assist. Would like to see those rebounding numbers get up. But in general, I just think that Jonathan Kaminga is continuing to trend upward. 15 points off the bench is a nice contribution from him. And he also was good the other night. So I'm going to go with JK because I just feel like JK is going to be huge come the playoffs. And I don't know that everyone necessarily um, is giving him the credit he deserves for his emergence this season and how big of a factor he could be. Oh, no, great call. And and he's been an efficient shooter. Uh, to put it in perspective for you, I'm looking at just his last five games uh, or last six games where he's shot 50% from the field, 
100% from the field, 72.7%, 60%. He had a, a somewhat bad game, shot 40% from the field in the Oklahoma City win. And then tonight he shot 80% from the field. That is ridiculously efficient. Great call. Jonathan Kaminga, I love it. He is this week's Nissan most electric player of the week. He's been brilliantly fierce, stunningly powerful, uh, uh, fiercely elegant. All the words you can think of that associate both the Nissan Aria and Jonathan Kaminga. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all-in-one electric vehicle. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the electric vehicle for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Forgot to mention this at the beginning of the show, but today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com/slash locked on today. To get started, you can follow Kylan Mills on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Kylan Mills. Uh, let's listen to Steve Kerr, uh, who was not particularly happy with the team's performance, despite the fact that the Warriors won the game and still maintain control of their destiny for the postseason. Here is the head coach of the defending world champion Golden State Warriors. The, the turnovers, just what did you make of them? What was causing them so much? Um... Carelessness was the main cause. You know, I thought I mean, Sacramento played hard and they, they got into the ball and they, they forced a couple. Um, but um, you saw, you know, some of the some of the careless passing that um, that we're not going to be able to uh, get away with, um, you know, in the playoffs. So we've got to we got to win one more game, obviously, to get in. But um, it, assuming we get in, we're, we're going to have to play a lot better than we did tonight. Yeah, and the turnover number was high. Again, I feel like the Warriors lucked out in terms of the points off turnovers. Despite 24 turnovers, only 17 points resulted in that for the Sacramento Kings. Who were the culprits for the turnovers, as we mentioned earlier? Draymond Green. He had five of them tonight, and some of those careless passes did come uh, from Draymond, who finished the game with four points, five assists, six rebounds. And then Stephen Curry, uh, one of the, the, a man who, if the Warriors win the title this year, I feel... Uh, deserves to have his face uh, etched in stone on the NBA Mount Rushmore. He finished the game with 25 points. Draymond and Steph led the lead, led the team in plus minus with 33. Oh no, no, you know I apologize for that. Steph had 33. Draymond Green had 30, uh, but which is still absolutely incredible. Uh, but both those players each had five turnovers. Steph uh, did have 25 points on eight of 14 shooting, including three of seven uh, from beyond the arc. Uh, what was your impression? Uh, anything you want to add? Gary Payne II did have three turnovers tonight. I don't really remember that, um, but he did contribute to three of those. Uh, anything you saw that stuck out to you in terms of the turnover struggles for the Warriors? Turnovers were the first thing I brought up when you asked me to my, for my initial thoughts on the game because that is just a huge area for of concern for the Warriors heading into the postseason. In terms of turnovers in this game specifically, I just feel like it's too many bad passes and it's just unforced errors. I think Steve Kerr was on point in just saying 
It's careless basketball. I mean, there are just passes being thrown that we, with no one there into the stands, into fans at, at times. And to me, those are just mistakes that don't need to be made. It's not like the Warriors are really trying to get creative or do something special when turning the ball over. It's not necessarily because they do play a pretty high-paced offense. It's just careless mistakes to me. Yeah. And these are things that should be cleaned up if the Warriors can mentally lock in. Um, so that's a big question mark heading into the postseason. Against more tougher teams and better teams, which not to say the Kings aren't a good team, but again, they were playing very shorthanded tonight since they are pretty locked in at the number three seat. So based on the players that were out there tonight, the Warriors could be up against opponents who are going to punish them much more for those types of turnovers against a higher caliber team. You're going to see a higher points off turnover margin, and that could potentially, you know, do the Warriors in. And we've seen it happen in close games where the turnovers are that deciding factor. So it is a, an important area. I think the Warriors need to really hone in on careless and just silly bad passes and mistakes. They've got to be eliminated. It's just a mental thing. Play the game, play smart. Don't rush it. I think they can do it, but they've just really got to mentally lock in ahead of the postseason. No, you're absolutely right. Um, and AC uh, wrote that, uh, that moving screens were the turnover calls for Gary Payne the second. That that is correct. Mm, uh, I think he, he, he had two of them, I think. And those are just those just yeah. those kind of calls are so annoying. I mean, it's it's like out of all the calls for an official to make, you're gonna call these moving screens that are subjective at best. Uh the, the, I, I can't stand those. Those those annoy the ever living, you know what, out of me. Uh, and then Retzel brings up a great point. The Warriors defense, despite the fact that were they were facing mostly the the second team uh players of the Kings tonight. Harrison Barnes was playing. I love Davion Mitchell. Uh, but the Kings, number one scoring team in the NBA, were held below 100 tonight. Uh, so kudos to the Warriors' defense for holding the, the Sacramento Kings to 97 points total uh, in a game that they absolutely had to win. 119 to 97 was the final there. Um, Kevon Looney, uh, again, I want to give him love for those 16 boards. He's really become like a calming presence for the Warriors. Like I feel like whenever, like, like tonight, for example, that second quarter was just ugly. Uh, and the Warriors got outscored in that second quarter, uh, if I have my numbers right, 32-21. And when that was going on, and I feel like, especially late in the season, anytime the Warriors are going through a rough patch, there are two players that come to mind that I think of that I want in the game to soothe things out, to calm things down. One of those is Kevon Looney. Um, I know Steve Kerr has alluded to that, and and I you really feel it just watching it through your TV screen, let alone if you're in the arena. Um, and he's just become such a steady presence for this team. Uh, in my opinion, the best rebounder in the NBA had 16 again tonight. And then Gary Payne, the second, I, the way he plays defensively is just so ridiculously effective. It, I, I, there's a reason why Stephen Curry said publicly, I don't want him on another team. I don't want to face him. He's a pain in the ass. Um, so I got to give those two absolutely uh, a lot of credit. Dante DiVincenzo, by the way, do you, if you have a stat sheet in front of you, uh, Kylan, do you want to read off uh, how he played tonight? Because it was absolutely, it was incredible. He had, he had a, a beautiful night. And if you don't, that's cool. I can read it. Uh, yeah, no, I have it. Um, Dante DiVincenzo, first of all, team best tied with Curry, plus 33, finished mm -hmm. with 18 points, six boards, nine assists, with, which might be the most impressive number out of them all, and one steal, just two, two turnovers, which is on the low end for this Warriors team. Uh -huh. um, and he went 70% from the floor and four of six from three-point land. So I don't think there's anything about that stat line that you don't like. 
super efficient. DDV is such a critical part of the Warriors, both for his perimeter defense. When he does light fire on offense, he seems to hit threes and hit shots in big moments. He's absolutely going to be huge for the Warriors. I want to mention, I think that he looked like he had a little bit more energy tonight. Now, something mm -hmm. that I've been keeping an eye on with DDV is just him getting overworked and looking tired because we've seen him in the last month have a couple of bad games, just not quite at his usual production and intensity level. And to me, it's just because he's looked a little worn out. I think, now this is just a theory, I think the GP2 re-emergence in this lineup has helped Dante DiVincenzo because it takes some of that defensive workload off DDV, um, adds in another capable guard and another capable guard who can defend. Um, so I think that Dante DiVincenzo looked fantastic. And again, I just think that he looked like he, he has seemed more revitalized as of late after looking tired. I mean, during the stretch with Wiggins out, the Warriors dealing with a number of injuries in 2023, he's had to take on a big workload and put up a lot of minutes pretty regularly. And he's not a player who's missed time for injuries. So he's been really putting a lot of miles on the body. I thought that he brought a lot of energy, the DDB we're used to seeing. I'm excited to see what he can do in the postseason because at the end of the day, he's a champion who also knows what it takes to win won a championship with the Milwaukee Bucks, although he was dealing with some injuries on and off during his tenure there. I'm excited to see what he can do. I think he's going to be a great addition to the Warriors and really step up in the postseason. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think that's a great call, Kylan, that that with Gary Payne II coming in, DiVincenzo is getting a little reprieve on the defensive side. He has yeah. helped for a change, and it's, and it's letting him uh, uh, put a little more energy in on the, in, on the offensive side of the ball. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, fantastic night for D for DiVincenzo, Mamma Mia. 18 points, uh, 7 of 10 shooting, 4 of 6 from beyond the arc, again, as you mentioned. 9 assists, uh, 6 rebounds, just a phenomenal game. And, again, as you mentioned, also started to be redundant with the stats, plus 33, uh, tied Steph for the lead in that category. The starting five was just absolutely incredible tonight um in this crucial win when we come back we're going to talk about uh the latest standings and the tiebreakers and where the warriors stand with one game remaining this season it's incredible that the regular season uh, is wrapping up time flies uh, i feel like watching a sports season come and go is is one of the many symbols of time just literally just flashing right before our eyes children growing up is another one of those but sports to me is just always representative of that uh first oh shoot i closed my tab that has my sponsors uh so long one second i gotta pull that up that was just such an amateur move on my part i apologize folks all right here we go our sponsor FanDuel. let me get the overlay real quick uh march madness is done but but the nba playoffs are about to begin and that's a whole new uh, uh group of bets that you can put in and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, threes drained. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. One final segment with myself and Kylan Mills. You can follow on social media at her name, Kylan Mills, uh, more specifically with Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. Um, so the standings are are interesting. The Lakers won their game tonight over the Suns, 121-107. That would have been a huge loss because the Warriors would have essentially cinched uh, at least the sixth seed if the Lakers had lost that game. But the Lakers remain nipping at the heels of the Warriors. The Pelicans also won their game uh, at home against the Knicks. That was another one that it would have been really nice if they lost. Uh, so the Warriors uh, still need to likely win their Sunday game in Portland. Um, so the standings right now, uh, the Warriors, even though they're fifth with a 43-38 and 38 record, they hold a half-game lead over the Clippers. Um, the Clippers do own that tiebreaker. The Clippers, uh, if I have their schedule in front of me here, uh, I thought I had it. Um, they have uh, two more games this season. Is that correct? And I believe uh, the Clippers wrap yeah. the season up with a back-to-back, -back, which is kind of cruel. Um, they play tomorrow at home against the Portland Trailblazers. If they win that game, the, their record will be tied with the Golden State Warriors. They own the tiebreaker this year because of a better division record. So the Warriors will drop back to six tomorrow if the Clippers win at home against Portland. Now, if the Clippers lose that game, then the Warriors will maintain the five seed. And, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, everything goes wild. Uh, the Clippers uh, finish up the season Sunday at Phoenix, a game which could be interesting because the Suns, are going to be likely playing all their starters given they want Kevin Durant to get more of a run with them. They're trying to develop chemistry and timing. Um, so that could be an interesting game there. But right now the Warriors are five. The Clippers are six in the standings. And again, we'll find out more tomorrow when they play Portland. The Lakers are a game behind the Warriors at seven. They own the tiebreaker. So if the Warriors lose Sunday and the Lakers win Sunday, the Lakers will pass the Golden State Warriors. And the New Orleans Pelicans have the same record as the Lakers. One game back of the Golden State Warriors as well. They're currently in the eighth seed right now. Uh, and the tiebreaker between the Pelicans and the Warriors will come down to conference record. Right now, those two teams are also tied in that category, in which case the next tiebreaker is win-loss percentage against playoff-bound teams. I have no idea what that record is. I don't even know where you find that outside of just doing the research yourself, which, which would take forever. Uh, your thoughts on the standings? Uh, anything I missed? Your thoughts, Kyler? I mean, this entire end of the season has just been absolutely crazy in the West. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around what the heck is going on. I mean, it's just <laughs> insanity that all of these teams have been so interchangeable and so neck and neck that it is literally coming down to the last game for multiple teams, not just like one spot. Like there are all of these teams in the mix that are right there. So uh, just kind of a crazy scenario. Um, in terms of the Warriors, here's the thing. This last game against the Trailblazers should be extremely winnable. The Warriors should absolutely win, hold their own destiny, and ultimately punch their ticket into the playoffs and avoid the play-in tournament. I mean, the Trailblazers are a team that is reeling right now. I yeah. mean, they have been absolutely horrific lately. Um, they've dropped off completely off the map, map of even being in the play-in picture. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games. They just lost a pretty brutal night. Um, they beat... They're, they lost to the Spurs, I believe, the other night. I didn't watch that, but, I mean, who wants to watch that game? Uh, <laughs> but I, I caught the score, and I just was shocked, and I remember glancing at the box score thinking, good Lord. So the San Antonio Spurs just beat the Trailblazers. The Warriors should be able to beat the Trailblazers. I just think this should be a very winnable game. There's no reason why the Warriors should leave any of this up to chance. At the end of the day, a lot of different scenarios could still happen, but if the Warriors win, 
you know, that's the situation that you want to be in. As they've said throughout the last couple of games, win out and they're in a good position to secure that at least sixth seed. And then yeah. you look at the matchups and then you start looking at, all right, who the Warriors going to be up against. As you mentioned right now, they're in the five seed. I personally like the Kings more than the Suns. And yeah. if the Suns are healthy now, if Kevin Durant is healthy and he's struggled to stay healthy. Um, so that's not a guarantee, but I think I like the Kings matchup more than I like the Suns. So I don't know that it would be the end of the world if the Warriors fall to the sixth spot. I'm curious, drop us a line, leave us a comment um, as to who you would rather see in the playoffs should the Warriors secure either the fifth or sixth seed if they win that final game. Who do you think is the better matchup? Personally, like I said, just the Suns completely healthy. I don't think we've seen the entirety of what that group can do because they've struggled so much with health and Kevin Durant has missed so much time since joining the Phoenix Suns. So that's why that is a team that concerns me a little bit with the youth of the Kings and the inexperience in the playoffs. I feel like that could potentially be an advantageous uh, matchup for the Warriors. And not to say that's a disrespect or diss to the Kings. They are a great team. Mike Brown has done a great job. I feel like Kings fans are super in their feelings about anyone writing them off. I'm not trying to write them <laughs> off, but I do think that Suns matchup worries me just a little bit more. Oh, totally. They're, they're very you know what I'm friendly. saying? Look at Kings fans on Twitter. Like they get mad anytime. And now, to be fair, any fan base is like that. People like to react. <laughs> like if there's any mention on, you know, anything that potentially a team thinks they could beat. Uh, you know, beat the Kings in the postseason fans are in their feelings, but you know, good for them. The Kings are about to make some history, finally give fans something to cheer about. So I've been cheering on the Sacramento Kings. Mike Brown is a high quality guy. I got yeah. to do one on one with him back when he was with the Warriors. Super, super nice down to earth guy, easy to talk to. Uh, so I'm a fan and personally want to see them do well. I just think, you know, you've broken this long curse, this streak of getting into the postseason. I mean, now you're in a tougher position when you've got these players who have not executed that and you've got a lot of young talent executing a, a postseason uh, a postseason series win that it may be tough. It may take another year for them to, you know, make it far in the, in the playoffs. And that's okay. What they've done this season has been incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I 100% would prefer the, the Kings. In fact, I don't know if I've said it on this show. I might have said it on our friend Larry Kruger's show. If, the, if it's Warriors-Kings in the first round, I'm already predicting it. Warriors and six. I'm I'm super confident. Uh, if it's Warriors Kings, they're going to take care of business. They'll win Game Six at Chase Center. Uh, won't let it go to a Game Seven. Might even be five, but it'll probably be six. I don't want to disrespect the Kings that much either. I'd yeah. much prefer that, only because I, I still feel the Warriors could beat the Suns, but you don't know what you're getting with the Suns. They're unpredictable. Yeah. I, I don't want to face Kevin Durant. I don't want to face Devin Booker. That's actually the player I, I would least want to see among between the Suns and the Kings rosters, Devin Booker, no thank you. Would rather just not see him all together. I don't like facing him. He's a, I respect him that much. Um, so I don't want to see the Suns. And so the way it's looking right now, so if the if the Clippers lose that game tomorrow, for example, uh, at home, what will happen is they'll fall to 42 and 39. Uh, the Clippers and Lakers will then be tied uh, for the, actually, I don't know, I don't know who would have the advantage there um, I think the Clippers on the tiebreaker of the, over the Lakers. Is that correct? Is can you do you know? Uh, that let me look. But yes, I believe so. They own the I'm edge with the division record. So um, if they split the, I, I think they do. I think the Clippers. So the Clippers, in theory, I guess, could afford to lose tomorrow, um, but then they would have to win the game uh, Sunday. I'm trying to figure out, like, like if the Clippers, if they wanted to just hold on to six, like, is that all they'd have to do is just split the last two games? 
And I mm-hmm. think so because they own the tiebreaker over the Lakers. Yeah, they do own that tiebreaker. Yep, I just looked. Yeah, so in theory, if that's what the Lake, the Clippers really want to do, I guess that they can they can do that. Um, which is kind of crazy. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, regardless, um, Sunday it's Sunday afternoon, Sunday early evening. We'll finally know for sh- sure what's going on. Again, the the Warriors have complete control uh, over their fate. Uh, Bruce Morrow is saying that uh, yes, I'm correct, but also. I do agree with Retzel, who's saying that the Clippers will not lose tomorrow, at least won't give that game up intentionally, just because it is risky. Because let's say they lose that game, um, mm-hmm. and they, their final game is going to be uh, – I'll have it here, here again. It's going to be Sunday against the Jazz. Is that correct? They keep having to hop back and forth on all these schedules here. Uh, I know. I don't have, I've got like 20 screens. Okay. I also have 20 screens up because this is just such a freaking it is. Okay, I got it here. I got wild, it here. Wild situation. So the Clippers' final game of the season is at Phoenix, and that's the second half of a back to back. That is not a gimme. Um, you know, no. so if the Clippers decide to voluntarily give up Saturday and lose that game to the Trailblazers so that they could be the sixth seed instead of the five seed, that game at Phoenix is not going to be a cakewalk because Phoenix will not be resting all their players. They want to give their players reps, given how new Kevin Durant is to this team. So, yeah, they're, so and, and the risk for the Clippers is, okay, you lose that game tomorrow uh, at home against Portland, and then you go to Phoenix Sunday, you lose that game, you're no mm-hmm. longer in the play-in. Because the, then either the Lakers and or the right. Pelicans could pass them up because of records. So uh, I, I think it would be too much of a risk, in, in my humble opinion, uh, Bruce Morrow is also writing, and I don't know if this is correct or not, that uh, Kawhi doesn't play back-to-backs. Um, Joe is also saying that Phoenix is resting. I don't know if we can confirm that or not. Uh, Interesting. All, all, all like you Dom said, I could see them not resting just because, like you mentioned, the you know lack of experience as far as playing together and wanting to get that rhythm before the postseason. Yeah. But- Given the injury situation, I could see it going either way because you know they've struggled to keep everyone healthy. So, yeah, I'm cu- I, I'm curious to see. You know, a few people were saying that Phoenix rested tonight against the Lakers. Um, whether or not that is a trend that's going to continue, I guess we'll find out. Um, so <laughs> it is crazy. Uh, by the way, Kyler, did you of all this? Who freaking knows? Yeah. Did you um? Did you by the way uh, fill out your um your ballot for the so the Lockdown Podcast Network? Uh, it is, we're having our first annual NBA awards. Um, I mean, if the NBA can issue awards, why can't we? Right. So, uh, and and the way the NBA decides who gets a vote is the part that I take massive issue with. Um, like for example, here in the Bay area, we only get two voting members for the NBA awards. And one of those voting, oh no, I'm sorry. We only get one and it alternates between the San Francisco Chronicle and the San Jose Mercury news. So one year, whoever the beat reporter is for the Chronicle, they get to vote for like MVP, Rookie of the Year, Defense Player of the Year, all all NBA teams. And then the next year, it's whoever is the beat reporter for the San Jose Mercury News. That is the only vote in the entire Bay Area. I'm sorry. I think that is asinine. And then meanwhile, ESPN, I think it's like 15 voting members. The Ringer, it's like nine or 10 voting members. And so basically what this comes down to is, okay, so Bill Simmons, because he hires nine or 10 people, that automatically makes them qualified to be a voting member. That's that's just crazy to me. So locked on, thankfully, uh, will have their own awards. I'll, I already submitted my ballot. I almost want to make that just a separate show in terms of who have you have you submitted yours yet? I haven't yet because, like I said, I've been buried in this prep, but I plan on it, and I'm very very excited to see how this goes. 
Yeah. So I'm thinking like we should just do a show just on that in terms mm-hmm. of who we're going to submit our votes to. So, um, but the, the next show I do know for certain we're going to be hosting will be uh, Sunday night or afternoon. What time is that game Sunday, by the way? Is it a, is it a day game? Is it a night game? Do you have any um, idea? I just had it up. Let me look. So we're definitely going to be doing a post game show uh, after uh, Sunday's game against the Trailblazers. The one thing with Portland, too, I, I do have to warn uh, fans because the Portland Trailblazers uh, played a game the other day. I think it was against the Minnesota Timberwolves where uh, the Timberwolves were 19-point favorites. It, it, this was, it was on Sunday, April 2nd, so it was almost a week ago. They were at Minnesota. Again, Minnesota's a 19-point favorite. Uh, Portland won that game, 107-105. It was, it was one of the biggest upsets in recent NBA regular season history. Um, so I don't want to sleep on Portland, okay? And, and, yeah. the, and the Warriors cannot sleep on that game. Like, they cannot take Portland easy. They cannot take the risk of losing that game, just hoping they get in. You know, I, I don't know. Any any thoughts on that? And- Warriors can't take anyone for granted at this point. This is the last game of the regular season. You head into the postseason. Now you need to play your best basketball. They've got to clean up the turnovers. They've got to take the trailblazers. Seriously, I just mentioned the fact that this is a winnable game. There's no reason why the Warriors shouldn't win this. If they play even decent basketball, they should very clearly be the better team of these two. Absolutely. Yeah. And no, for people asking, are we doing like a red carpet or something? No, no, no. We're just, we just get to submit, uh, we just get to submit our own votes and locked on. We'll just issue, you know, well, they'll announce who the winners are. There will not be an also, award show. Just, just an early heads up. That is an early 1230 Pacific time tip Woo! on Sunday, just to give people a heads up. Cause that's not a usual start time. Usually it's more late afternoon to mid afternoon. So Correct. Get up, folks, get going on your Sunday, get your chores out of the way, and you're going to have to be popped on on the couch at 1230 for that early tip. Wow. I say early, but it's just earlier than usual. No, it is early. early. It's absolutely, you know, in fact, Sunday's crazy. Uh, someone mentioned in the chat, and I'm just confirming this now, all the latest games on Sunday are 1230 Pacific time. Um, this, San Antonio. This, this Sunday specifically? That's yeah. This Sunday, uh, San Antonio, Dallas, New Orleans, Minnesota. Memphis at Oklahoma City, SAC at Denver, Utah at LA, LA at Phoenix. So Utah at the Lakers, Clippers at Phoenix, and then the Warriors at Portland. All of those games tip off at 1230. Uh, so um, do you know yet if you're available? Should we, uh, should we not announce that? Um, I should be able to do it. So right. I will do that instead of Monday's episode for sure. So if we want right. to do a post game, let's do a Sunday post game. Come join yep. us, come hang out with us, grab lunch, and we will hopefully be talking about playoff scenarios at that point. Yeah, maybe we'll do a two-part or two if we can fit it in. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, I won't pressure you on that. We'll discuss it. But regardless, folks, we'll be here Sunday post game, uh, final show of the regular season. Um, hopefully the Warriors pull off a win. So regardless, the they don't want the plan. I don't care if it's Phoenix in the first round. Better that than dealing with the plan. Um, should be exciting. I mean, really, the three big games on Sunday, uh, looking at the schedule, obviously Warriors at Portland is big. Uh, Clippers at Phoenix is going to be big. Um, and we don't know if Phoenix is going to rest people again. Uh, I, I, my personal feeling is if Monty Williams rests their players again massive disadvantage um not a smart move monty williams gets a lot of uh credit a lot of hype for being a great head coach maybe he is but he does a lot of things that makes me kind of scratch my head one of those being how much emphasis he plays he's placed on the regular season in the past he's run chris paul to the ground before the playoffs have started um the way he's handled deandre aiden i've i've 
you know, I've, that's raised questions. Um, and now this, I mean, I, I do not understand the logic of resting your players when Kevin Durant's played a whopping total of what eight games for you. You've got to give him time to to familiarize himself with his teammates and and have all of them kind of develop chemistry together. Not a smart move. Good for the Warriors, not good for the Suns. Um, and another game, uh, the Utah Jazz are at the Lakers. That's a big one. And New Orleans at Minnesota might be consequential as well because the Pelicans are still in the mix there. So all the Eastern Conference games are at 10 a.m. on Sunday. All the Western Conference games are at 12.30 p.m. on Sunday. So there you go. Is that it, Kylan? Are we good? Did we miss anything? That's it. All right. Uh, want to give some uh, – oh, we're at 40 minutes. Damn it. Yeah, I was going right, to say, Cyrus, go. get off. I didn't I want to interrupt you. Sorry, My folks. Bad. We no, have a limit for Locked On. It is not me cutting Cyrus off. Someone commented that like a week ago. I was like, Cyrus, time to wrap up. And they're like, geez, Kylan's busy. No, I'm not busy. I'm just trying to encourage him to stay in our time <laughs> limit. That is set by go. the network. So it's not me. I don't care. I love just, you know, shooting. I could go forever. Yeah, Yo, you're absolutely but, right. It is the network. We do have to stay in a certain time limit. So apologies if we do run off or jump off all of a sudden. We've got it. They really want us to stick inside of this timetable. So, folks, sorry, we do have to wrap up. <laughs> yeah, that is a directive from Locked On. Sorry, Nick. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Dave. Uh, real quick, Clay Thompson, want to give him love as well. He led the team in scoring tonight. We didn't mention his name once. He had 29 points, shot 11 of 19 from the field, five for eight from three. So, Cyrus, let's no more. No more. Wetzel says, Hi, crack the whip, Kylan. That's what Wetzel says. Crack the whip. <laughs>